welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, John. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you today? Doing good. So we're going to look at some, uh, like we do have been doing on Tuesdays, we're going to look at some some blogs today. We have some blog posts going on. Uh, the first one uh, I think we're going to talk about is uh, Methods and madness.blogspot.com and it's a entry he did here about improvision railroad illusionism and the man man behind the curtain i'm familiar with railroading i know what improvisation is and that's kind of like a lot of times what we do and then there's illusionism is the first time i've seen this talked about as i understand it i think i've done a lot of illusionism in my game but never referred to it as that yeah i I certainly have (laughs) It's the illusion of choice. Like you're going to run into this encounter no matter which direction you go. You're going to run into those types of things like that all the time in game where I've pre-planned and depending on which way you're going, I'm still going to pull this out. So that is something that I've done a lot in game. Yeah, I, def- I definitely have. And for me, it's not, it's not because um, it's not even always because it's such an awesome encounter or awesome thing that I want the player's experiences is just because I've only prepared so much. I'm not personally really good at, at total improvision. And if I've prepared something, you know, I need, I need to use that. <laughs> to try to use it because I only have so much time. And uh, if you, if the party says that we want to head North and in my mind, I had, placed a location to the west well depending on the night i might just have to you know knock it over to the to the north so that they run into it yeah exactly yeah exactly (laughs) in a perfect world i wouldn't have to do that but i also like to be able to look at the players and say you know it's up to you guys go go wherever you want (laughs) and i like to have all those i like to have lots of options mapped out but the reality is there's only so much time in the day and I do like to have spent time prepping um, yeah, something. I feel better when I prep. Yeah. The next one is alchemist nocturne amateur motor mechanic, but for RPGs and the blog post is initiative without roles. What they're doing here is just kind of telling about their home, their house rules when it comes to initiative. I okay. I don't think it's something I'm dying to jump on. I, I don't find initiative and in basic combat like the D and D style complicated enough to want to change it. But it's interesting and it's a different approach. Like with our group, I really like doing group initiative. Roll once against the DM, then all the players go if they make it. Then all the what they're doing here is like strength. The highest strength character gets initiative, and then they go back and forth between the DM and the players. And he says it runs quick and keeps it exciting. And so it's a bit different of an approach to initiative that you don't need as much roles and stuff with the, this. The I'm not sure who this is that put that Jack Tremian has uh, has put out on their blog. And if you're looking for something different for initiative, it might be worth checking out. It might be up your alley what you're going for. Yeah, the kind of combat we run, which is very theater of the mind, uh, group initiative works great. I guess, you know, if I'm playing with minis or something more tactical. Uh, and I want to keep track of that, especially online or there are way easier ways to keep track of it. You can do individual. 
this one kind of just eliminates a role, which, you know, I, at some point, I want to roll dice. It seems well, like a lot, a lot of game design yeah. is like, how do I limit the amount of dice I'm rolling? And I get that to extent, but, you know, I do want to roll dice. So when you're comparing this to like, pathfinder where everybody rolls an initiative role and then you have to keep track of what order they fell into and then you have a feat that changes things on initiative orders and everything else it gets a i can see why you'd want to go to something like this as opposed to something as complex as that yes all right horrifying experiences caused by not going to cairo sleep during hyperspace jumps d10 chart from mothership and this is on chartopedia.d12dev.com <laughs> we will we will put the link in the show notes so there's a, a bunch of horrifying experiences for mothership for not going into Cairo's sleep and it's just a d10 chart so i figured both of us can roll one and we can see what horrible things could happen using this yeah they even have it looks like they have a little dice spot here to, to do the roll i'm going to try that oh no it oh. didn't work <laughs> Uh, no, it did. It did work. Okay, go ahead. You roll yours. I rolled a seven, ripped apart and reformed across an eternity every second. Your mind full of worms devouring and becoming congealing into you as their children continue the cycle. Oh, Ugh. that sounds like an unpleasant experience. Well, I rolled a nine. Uh, terrible visions of legions of space cuttlefish. They're all watching you specifically. <laughs> you specifically. You hear that, John? They got their yeah. eyes on you, those cuttlefish. <laughs> Chartopedia.d12.dev.com. And we're going to go to the next one. On Mage of the Striped Tower, that's mageofthestripedtower.blogspot.com. We have AD&D first edition combat computer they've posted there. Now, I've always wanted one of these combat computers. I think they're cool. I don't have one. I, you can print it up and get your own. The thing is, I don't think I know how to use a combat computer, what I would do with it. Like, I, I'm aware of their existence. I think, don't some of them track things like turns and stuff in dungeon delving? Oh, well, this is a AD&D first edition specific, and it, it gets into, you know, combat segments and things like that that I have really no interest in ever <laughs> ever playing rules as written but honestly unless you are a master of the advanced dungeons and dragons rules which there are plenty of people who are you need some tool like this if you're going to play rules as written ad and d combat i have not seen one of these myself nor have i printed it out and honestly i think a lot of the tools and shortcuts that this is going to help you with are probably available Online in some form, I would think, although I have not confirmed that. A knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, like the Knights of the Round Table. A knight at the opera, dot blogspot.com. Alternative Economics, part one, money. I appreciate this. It was an interesting approach. It's another one of these blog posts that I've been seeing a lot of. It starts off, much has been made of the weird underlying assumptions of general liberal American capitalism woven throughout mainstream D&D economics gameplay. So they go into it and they kind of present some other options. Um, markets without money. They focus on concepts of gift economies, rationing and credit. Um, 
there's a lot of other things I feel economically that is not touched on here. Things that people overlook, but there's some interesting propositions and some interesting things. At least like some of the rationing and stuff like that, I could see easier ways to run as a DM than some things. Not having a rule set or anything like that in order to mimic these types of economies. I haven't seen a lot of proposed workable game models for alternative economies yet. And I'm excited to see what's out there and what people are coming up with. The gift economies it covers, rationing and credit. Then it goes money, but weird. You go into different types of pseudo bartering, uh, paper money, checks, boulder money, uh, co-write shell money, cryptocurrency, and fantasy money. So they kind of give a few other options. They're all kind of seated somewhere a lot of them seem to be more seated in exchange type things as opposed to like full law and communism or something like that so it's worth a look at it's worth a read over i don't see anything in here that's like i'm gonna just grab that and use that in my game i see some things in here that are ideas that you could try to play with in your game right now but there's some cool stuff. Yeah, it, and it's long. To give an example, the table he has a table of contents for this post, uh, and it's about ten paragraphs down is where he starts the table of contents. So, or they start the table table of contents, and and I don't know. With economy, I always found that you know the the standard is very go in, loot money, get rich, get famous. You know, and nobody wants to live real life like that. That's horrible, but you know, I guess it's good escapism, but even with, you know, some of, some of my more uh, leftist friends, I try to like put seeds of maybe some class warfare and stuff, but a lot of, a lot of it always defaults to everybody wants to just grab the money. (laughs) You you know, it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to have your uh, real world morals and ethics. Uh, Always. I, I try to, put stuff there that's available to play around with if we want to, but we haven't really gotten far enough along in any, anything I've run to explore that more, but it's interesting to think about. And my question is like, when we're approaching this a lot of times, money's like a record keeping thing. And I don't think anybody's like, yeah, this is great. I want to change up the rule, like encumbrance and other things like that. I think we'd rather be worried about doing the adventuring and the role-playing part usually instead of focusing on that. But I think it's cool to see what's coming out. I think that, a lot of these different posts I've been seeing lately, I'd like to see something larger come out of them for some ideas. And I think this is a good direction and step to really talking about that and things that could be done. Or, yeah, or an actual kind of rule set to, to play with. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would be cool to have a zine of alternative economies and how to run them in game. Someone that's should right. put that out. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the thing is, if you're going to get into alternative economies, it seems to me like you're really getting there to focus at some point. You know, which yeah. like it or not, you, you know, if that's your thing, that's great. But I don't I don't want to get too heavy handed with the narrative. Um, but anyway, it's a good post. The next one we have is a fantasy sandbox in five easy steps. Uh, did we cover step one? We did cover step one and he's on to number two now. I found the gentleman was posting these on face on a Facebook group. And I'm this is something that I really want to get better at. I'm <laughs> terrible at it. You know, like th- this goes back to the whole illusion versus railroading versus like real openness. But uh, this just, you know, provides, he's doing a step-by-step, a way to run sandbox campaigns. Um, And I really like the tools he has here. Uh, He starts off with a really general hex encounter table where depending on how you're exploring a six mile hex, 
you hit, you roll a D12. If you've explored it before, there's one com not never explored it. If you're resting or if you're searching and he has different events from nothing to an event, to wandering monster, to actually finding a monster layer, to a site. And he gives up the kind of definitions for what all of those mean. And he even talks about how you would slot in pre-existing adventures that you bought either buy or um, make up yourself. So anyway, it's, it, it's been a really good series so far. I would definitely suggest anybody that's interested in getting better at running sandbox type campaigns should check this out. D4 Caltrops has a new D100 chart here. Actually, I think it's probably not the newest one, but it's one we pulled up recently. Yeah. Buildings and businesses, D100. Let's roll and see what we have here. I rolled an 89. Taylor, customer haggling loudly over an ill-fitting dress. Yeah, I like uh, it, it gives you the, the merchant and what you stumble upon when you get there. I, I kind of like that. I rolled a 68 pie maker. Mm. Uh, irresistible sills lined with hot piping, fragrant treats. Ooh, delicious. Yeah, and so while you're walking through whatever town it is, you need something to bring some life to it. This would be a good one to print out and have at the table. Just, okay, what's the, what do I see here? Oh, okay. Guess what? I just rolled a girdler on 46. <laughs> I don't know what a girdler is. G-I-R-D-L-E-R. Lovingly told and dyed belt sign. Oh, signs proclaimed. Girdles. Girdles. Girdler. Girdler. <laughs> there okay. you go. Now the next one, I don't know if we have enough time for this. Conspiracy in the Borderlands. The origins of the cult of evil chaos. So this is from one of our favorites, Prismatic Wasteland, who was here recently to, to talk about their Kickstarter that just finished up not that long ago. We're all waiting eagerly for the barkeep in the borderlands. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so they I'm discussed the, the cult from the original uh, borderlands uh, module. And it kind of goes in depth, kind of changes up the borderlands, I think, a little bit from what people have played. It's worth checking out. It's definitely worth a read. Yeah, it's a good perspective where, you know, blame for the evil is is uh, hung squarely on the shoulders of the uh, cult. And it kind of guess it takes a little bit of all these different monster types and get different caves are the bad ones when really it's the cult that's stirring up all the trouble. It's just the, uh, the way this person interpreted the original module and i thought it was an interesting read anybody that wants to run keep on the borderlands there is a ton of different takes and this is another one that uh to add you know more flavor to the module that's all we have for today if you've enjoyed what you've heard please give us a positive review wherever you're listening and those of you that have thank you share with your friends and family we're on Facebook. Just search Wildlies and Wizards. Wildliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're now on Patreon. Any support you can give us would be greatly appreciated. Patreon.com backslash Wildlies and Wizards. And keep those dice rolling. Bye-bye.